The Gospel today is from the book of Luke, the second chapter. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary unto the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul tool. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. Then as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of, Israel, of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. And now we're so pleased and grateful to welcome Bishop Ann Svenningsen to preach today. Dear friends, grace and peace be unto you from our Savior Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. They weren't young anymore, Simeon and Anna. Simeon was really ready to die, and Anna was both old and a widow. But they were there in the temple at the end of the birth story recorded in the Gospel of Luke. Actually, Anna and Simeon join a rather surprising group of people from the first two chapters of Luke's Gospel. A surprising group all there as the first witnesses to Jesus' birth. There's silent Zachariah and barren Elizabeth Mary and Joseph, shepherds from the fields, and now Anna and Simeon. This group, they're the aged, the widowed, the barren, the marginalized. It's a pretty inclusive bunch in gender, in status, in religious piety. And most surprising of all, it's a newborn baby who overwhelms every single one of them with joy, bringing the hope of God's salvation. 
Think about those shepherds out in the field. If I were one of them, I'd be pretty scared, right? Following an angel's command to go meet the Savior, Christ the Lord. What would they find? Well, they found a baby. And a baby's not very scary. Now Mary and Joseph bring this newborn to the temple. No doubt they thought the shepherd's visit to them in Bethlehem was kind of surprising. Now meeting Simeon and Anna will cause even greater wonderment. For these aged truth-tellers will boldly announce that through this child, God's salvation is being known and known to all. In Luke, those who first receive the good news of Jesus and those who are called to proclaim it are a beautifully varied bunch of people. And so are we. It's hard to imagine the vast mix of people who are listening to this sermon today. We are 145 different congregations in the Minneapolis Area Synod, worshiping in eight different languages. Though not all congregations will be using this service, and I'm pretty sure not every congregational member will tune in today, our worship community will still be incredibly diverse in age, class, gender, race, sexual orientation, talents, passions, faith, doubt, hope, despair, all. And that's why Christmas and its message is so unbelievably powerful. For the gospel comes to all people. God's salvation is for everyone. Most of us today are worshiping from our living rooms, watching this service on a screen. Sadly, most of us worship from home on Christmas Eve. No tree-lit sanctuary, no room filled to the brim with people holding candles and singing Silent Night. And yet, the first announcement of Jesus' birth wasn't made in a temple, not in a sanctuary of any kind. It was proclaimed in the fields, out there where the shepherds were keeping their flocks at night. And shepherds were probably from the bottom rung of the social ladder. Still, they were the first to hear the good news. What is more, in the words of Craig Satterley, the shepherds weren't just outsiders. He writes, spend enough time in the field as a shepherd, shunned by decent and religious folk, disappointed by God, or overwhelmed by grief, and we stop caring that we are outsiders. We give up trying to get inside the religion. We even give up on God and just get on with life. But God does not give up on us. God, sing, God sends angels to the people who have given up on God. Oh dear friends, 2020 may have felt like a year in the wilderness. So many unknowns, so much waiting, cut off from physical touch, 
Only you know how this year has affected your faith. But do know this, you are not alone if it has. And more importantly, know this as well, even if you feel like you've given up on God, God has not given up on you. The power of the Christmas story, the power of Christmas is the inbreaking of God's grace into every corner of our world. Whether we are strong or weak, recognized or forgotten, fervent in our faith or struggling even to believe, God brings good news to us right where we are. But there's more. The Christmas story is also filled with the most unlikely prophets and witnesses. People, ordinary folks, called and empowered by the Spirit. Outcast shepherds talking about all they've seen and heard. An unmarried woman singing a Magnificat full of good news to the poor and hungry. Blessing for the sorrowful and lonely. So today, as you sit in your home, know this, God can meet you there with good news and God can fill you with the spirit to empower you to witness to God's love. Already in the first two chapters of Luke, the gospel writer makes it very clear that the spirit empowers witnesses from among the poor, the aged, the young, the powerless. And this will become even clearer in Luke's second volume, the Acts of the Apostles, when the Spirit is poured out upon all flesh and the young will see visions and the old will dream dreams. And if the Spirit of God there at Christmas, there at Pentecost, continues to work through every time and age. And if the Spirit's chosen instrument is the human person, the human body, then witnesses and prophets are here among us today. And do not be surprised if that witness is you. Yes, you sitting on the couch in your pajamas, not quite sure if your faith is a glowing candle or a dimly burning wick, because it's the spirit that inflames, inspires, and empowers. Oh, and though this, human, this pandemic greatly limits the movement of our human bodies, don't go there, don't touch that, we can still use them to bear witness. We can use our hands to write a letter to a person who is lonely. We can use our voice to call our legislator appealing for extended unemployment benefits. We can use our fingers to scroll through the ELCA website and contribute to the hunger appeal. Or we can show our beautiful faces on another Zoom call maybe for Bible study or for your church's committee that is working towards racial justice. God can use each of us, God's hands in the world. 
In addition to 2020 being the year of the pandemic, it also marked the 50th anniversary of our church's decision to ordain women back in 1970. My first call as a pastor 38 years ago now was to Zion Lutheran Church in Iowa City. Back then, the Iowa bishop gathered all the state's female pastors together once a year for support and encouragement. And the first years, the early 80s, we could have all fit in a phone booth. But though small, it was an amazing gathering. There was April Larson, who went on to become the first female bishop in the ELCA, and Connie Kleingartner, who became one of the first female seminary professors. I especially remember one conversation we shared. One of the more soft-spoken women finally said, I just look forward to that day when the church doesn't see me as a problem. I am a gift to the church. Those early days, we were often seen as problems. Problems for bishops who couldn't help us find calls. Problems because we didn't always fit the mold of what pastoral authority looked like. I am a gift, my colleague said, a gift to the church. Well, dear friends, you are gifts through Jesus Christ. Like Simeon and Anna with shepherds and a young mother, you are gifts from God to this church and to this world. And God sends you forth, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to be God's hands and voice in the world. Oh, I wish I had a crystal ball and could tell you what the year ahead will bring. I wish I could predict when vaccines will be available for everyone. I wish I could tell you when herd immunity will make it okay for your grandkids to spend the night at your house, make it okay for you to open up your restaurant or small business, make it okay for you to get together with your high school friends at a coffee shop, okay to hug all your siblings in Christ at a wonderful worship service. But I can't. You and I, we know, we will continue in the wilderness, the fields of uncertainty for a while. And you may, and I may, be tempted to give up. But God doesn't give up on you. God is here, here now in this place, with us to bring good news to us again and again and again. And God's love is also with us and in us through the power of the Spirit that we might share it with others. Amen.